Do you want to stop yelling and have your child listen to? Well, I have exciting news for you. If you're hearing this right now, it means that the doors to mindful parenting are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. This only happens for a limited time, and it may be perfect for you if you want to be that patient, calm parent, but you're afraid of being walked all over, you're losing it, and you want to be that steady, peaceful parent, you don't have a cohesive method, and you've taken bad advice like just count to one, two, three. Mindful parenting is an evidence-based system that not only teaches you how to calm your reactivity, but offers you a ton of personal guidance. A lot of other parenting coaches talk about the best way to respond to your child, but guess what? They don't walk you through the research-proven practices that it really takes to create changes that actually last. Mindful Parenting teaches you the specific steps to create cooperative, loving relationships for life. In Mindful Parenting, you can learn how to stay calm, even if you find yourself shouting hourly now. Be present for your child no matter what they're going through. Resolve conflicts easily without yelling or taking away the iPad. Set limits without your child resenting you for days afterward. And build trust between you and your child so that you avoid misery in the teen years. The doors are open now at mindfulparentingcourse.com. Unlike other programs in Mindful Parenting, we offer one-on-one coaching to every member and weekly drop-in coaching sessions. Don't wait anymore. You and your kids are worth leveling up. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode 117. Today, we're talking about how to make your morning a miracle. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you are thriving, when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clarkfield's Mindful Mama mentor. I coach overstressed moms on how to cultivate self-awareness in their daily lives and to take family and life to a new level of peace and cooperation. I've been practicing yoga and mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting Course, and I'm the mom of two girls who challenge me every day to hone my craft. Welcome back, dear listener. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. If you're brand new to this podcast, we have all kinds of different things here. We mix it up, and today is an interview uh, that I'm going to play for you that's all about your morning. Uh, it's, It's about helping you take your morning and turn it into something that transforms you, something that really nourishes you and brings you to, uh, can transform every area of your life. And so if you've been listening for a while, you might be able to hear that my voice is kind of deeper. I'm working working with this cold that my youngest daughter has given me, and I'm also a little jet-lagged. I just got back from an amazing retreat in Costa Rica, and it's Costa Rica is a magical place, a magical place. And it was a retreat where I was very um, fortunate to be asked by a dear friend of mine to come and teach some gentle yoga. And 
Uh, it was also a way for me to go and check it out so that I can bring my own retreat there next year. So that's what I'm working on. So you can kind of keep an ear out for that, that I'll be inviting a small number of people to go to Costa Rica with me next year. I'm really excited about that. But it, it, the whole idea of the, the jet lag comes into this topic today because, um, you know, so I'm like two hours behind. For me, it felt like, you know, my alarm went off at 5.45, but to me it felt like 3.45 in the morning. And I got a cold. Like, so it was really hard to wake up this morning. But you know what? This morning I set my alarm at 5.45. And, you know, normally I don't press snooze because I actually have to get up and walk like, 10 feet across the room to turn my alarm on to off or on snooze. So I had to get up and do that and then cl- crawl back into bed and press snooze. But then I did get up because my morning practice is so essential. This daily practice is so, so essential to me for helping me stay grounded. I'm a really, you know, I can be a really sensitive person. Like I practice, I teach mindfulness and I practice yoga And I do these practices, they're so, so vital to me because I really need them. I I really need them to stay grounded and to stay healthy and happy and sane for my kids, you know? It's just part of the care and keeping of me. And and I think it's the same way for many, many other people that we really need to, we need something that can really, really nourish us. Uh, so despite the jet lag, <laughs> despite the fact that I feel like I'm kind of like moving through a cloud today, you know, that that practice really helped me. I just, I got up, I did some gentle yoga, I moved my body a little bit, I read something that inspired me, and then I did my sitting meditation, and I did that all before my children got up. And that, for me, having that time is incredible. It really transforms every part of my life. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today on the podcast. I'm going to play you an interview I did a few years ago with a really cool guy named Hal Elrod. And he is, he wrote this book called The Miracle Morning. And he's on a mission to elevate the consciousness of humanity one morning at a time. And he's this incredibly high-rated keynote speaker. He is uh, a podcaster. And this, his book, The Miracle Morning, has been translated into 27 languages. It's really uh, quite extraordinary. And he has an extraordinary story. So I'm going to play you this interview that I that I did way back when this podcast was called Yoga Stories Project. And it was episode number 28. But I think that you're going to get a lot out of um, his story and how. And I want you to think about how you can take some elements of this into your own life. And then finally, before we dive in, we're going to, we're coming up upon Mother's Day as this comes out in real time in 2017. And when you think about Mother's Day, I think that it's helpful for us to think about, you know, what can sustain us and what can help us and what can nourish us in the long haul, like not necessarily that you know, crazy chocolatey dessert that we find ourselves craving on Mother's Day or that glass of wine or whatever it is. But what are the things that can really 
sustain us on this journey. And sometimes we act as if, you know, we're just getting through the day. And that's fine. Sometimes we need to just get through the day. But you know what? You can't just always be getting through the day because how we live each day is how we live our lives. So I'm going to be doing a cool free training coming up. Uh, it's called the Unmartyr Yourself Challenge. And you can join hundreds of other mamas. I've got hundreds of people already signed up to do the Unmartyr Yourself Challenge. It's going to be right out the day after Mother's Day. We're going to start May 14th through 18th. We're going to go through some lessons to help you really banish mommy guilt forever. And the, it's so helpful, not just for you, but for your whole family to help you develop uh, skills and practices and the mindset shifts, the really essential mindset shifts you need to be able to maybe create your own amazing daily practice and the support you need of all these other mamas. So... Um, I invite you to check that out. Go to mindfulmamamentor.com slash unmartyr, or you can just go to the events page, which might be a little easier to spell, <laughs> mindfulmamamentor.com slash events. But if you want to spell unmartyr, it's U-N-M-A-R-T-Y-R. Yes, very cool spelling. So anyway, mindfulmamamentor.com slash events, the Unmartyr Yourself Challenge. And and I hope you're with us. I really hope to get to know you better for this. So that's coming right up. And now, on to this episode. Hunter, thank you for having me. I really, really appreciate this. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you're here. So um, I've I want to ask you, of course, about your introduction to yoga. But first, I I need to ask you, of course, about you being hit on the head by a drunk driver when you were 20 and you died for six minutes, right? So, yeah, so and I was hit head on, just to clarify, not, not oh, hit yeah, on yeah, the head. Hit on the head, head on. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's, that's the correct terminology. Great. So um, that's, that's a crazy story. So can you tell us what happened and, and how did you bounce back from that? Uh, yeah, it's one of those things you think would never happen to you. It's something you see like on, you know, on TV when you're flipping through the channels and you see the news and then you, you go, oh my gosh, that's terrible. That car, that, oh, that family, whoa, my, you know, my heart goes out to them. And then you change the channel and you keep going. Uh, for me, one night I was driving home. I was 20 years old. I was one of the top salespeople uh, in the history of the company that I had worked for, Cutco Cutlery. And uh, one night I gave a speech at a, at a, a sales conference, driving home that night. Again, I was 20 years old. I had just bought my first brand new car. It was a Ford Mustang. And at that night on my drive home on the freeway doing 70 miles an hour, a four full-size Chevy truck got on the freeway as well, only they got on the freeway on the wrong ramp and they were going against traffic. Oh my and they were going approximately 70 to 80 miles per hour and they were in my lane headed straight for me. And I don't remember that night. I don't remember the car coming at me. I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I didn't see it. I don't know. Uh, all I know is around 11.36 p.m., a 150-mile-an-hour head-on collision between the two of us occurred, smashing the front of my car, sending my airbags exploding inside the cabin, and sending my car spinning. And the car behind me, an innocent family, didn't have time to even hit their brakes. They just hit me in the door, my driver's side door, full speed at 70 miles an hour and crushed the left side of the car into the left side of my body 
and uh, instantly I broke 11 bones. My femur broke in half. You know, my leg was broken uh. in half. My pelvis broke in three places. My arm broke in two pieces. My elbow was shattered. My eye socket was destroyed so bad that it's built of titanium now. Whoa. And uh, I, I began losing a lot of blood. And an hour later, it took the paramedics and the fire department, the rescue crew to pull me out of the car, cut the roof off with the jaws of life. And when they did, I had bled to death. And I was dead for approximately six minutes on the side of the freeway. I was rushed to the hospital. They revived me. I underwent emergency surgery uh, where they, you know, they put metal rods in my leg and my arm and screws in my elbow and those plates in my eye. And six days later, I came out of a coma uh, to face this devastating news that I, I, you know, I was in this car accident. I, the doctor said I would probably never walk again. And I had permanent brain damage. And, you know, for anyone at any age, it's pretty, pretty hard to accept, you know, to wake up to that. And at 20 with my whole life ahead of me and also being, you know, on top of the world at that time, like my career was going great. I just gave the speech, you know, things were good. And um, to keep a long story short, uh, I think that the lesson for everyone is that there's how do we respond when things go wrong, right? How do we respond in the face of adversity? And for me, I had to process it. And what I eventually came to the conclusion within a matter of two days, it was two days. And I just decided, you know what? I can't change it. Like anything that's ever happened in our lives and that's now in the past, we can't change it, right? Unless you're Marty McFly with a DeLorean. <laughs> you're like, if it's, if it's already happened, there's no point in getting angry about it or sad about it. Or, you know, there's no point in putting yourself through this emotional tor tormenting over something that is you can't change. And I, I learned that in my sales training called the five-minute rule, which says it's okay to be negative when things go wrong, but not for more than five minutes. Like there's no value in dwelling on something. So for me, I went, you know what? I was in a car accident. I can't change it. And there's only one of two possibilities. And this is actually what I told my dad. I said, dad, there's only one of two possibilities here. Number one, the doctors are right, and I, I never walk again. And if that's the case... Well, I'll accept it because if I can't change it, there's no point in feeling bad about it. And I told my dad, I said, I'll be the happiest person you've ever seen in a wheelchair. Because if I'm in a wheelchair, I can either be miserable in a wheelchair or I can be happy and grateful and positive and optimistic and proactive with my life. Either way, I'm in a wheelchair. And so I said, Dad, I'm, I choose the latter. So I've accepted the worst case scenario, but I've set that aside. I'm not putting energy into it. I'm not thinking about it. I'm not dwelling on it. I'm not worrying about it. I've simply accepted it as a possibility. I said, but the second possibility, the second option is I will walk again. And I said, Dad, that's where my energy goes. All of my 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 thoughts, my my faith, my I'm praying about it. I'm visualizing it. I'm dwelling on walking again. I see it every day. And I said, I will continue to focus on that and put my energy into that until proven otherwise. And I don't think it's a coincidence, um, Hunter, that it was uh, a week after that, which was just two weeks after I came out of the coma, three weeks after the crash. The doctors came in with routine x-rays and they said, we don't know how to explain this, but your body is healing so quickly. We're going to let you take your first step tomorrow in therapy. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it went from like never walk again. Do they had said at one point, you know, maybe like in a year we can reassess, you know, how you're doing, and you know, I think they're trying to give me some sort of false hope or whatever. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that there's for all of us, right? We've got to. The lesson is you've got to accept all the things you can't change, be grateful for everything that you have, and every day constantly create progress towards what you want for your life. We are supported by Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as Math Mysteries About True Histories. 
It's a weekly show full of time travel puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. I highly recommend this podcast. It's really wonderful, especially if you have kids like around like six plus, but it can totally be enjoyed by the whole family. So I listened to the episode, The Pirate Queen, and you're just dropped right in the middle of the action. People are fighting. There's sword fight. And then these kids, they've gone on a time travel mission and they have to solve problems in the midst of it. And it really just like exemplifies everything we support here at Mindful Parenting. You know, kids who are adventurous, doing things on the world, they're capable. And then they do things like they have to do math, they have to think critically, they have to code break and pattern solving and all this great stuff. Beyond just the Pirate Queen episode, which I highly recommend, episodes transport listeners to moments in history, too, like Pythagoras, Ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, or Isaac Newton's England, and more. So jump in with your family. Follow the adventures of Max and Molly on an adventure through time with puzzles and hidden equations and laughs. And it really does make learning really fun and really cool. Perfect for ages six and up. New episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids, and you can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. That's Mysteries About True Histories. I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And this season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. So I checked out the episode on the difference between IEPs and 504 plans because my daughter Maggie uses a 504 plan and it was really, really helpful. It went over all the differences, which one's better, how to get them, different myths and what your rights are, all kinds of different things that you should understand if your child may need extra help in education through an IEP or a 504 plan. The tone is super helpful, friendly, and smart. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains. I mean, hearing your story, Hal, it's like the my teeth hurt hearing that story is so hard. I mean, I can't can't even imagine having gone through it. And of course, your body happily, you know, knocked you unconscious. So you weren't conscious for for all of that. But what I'm hearing you say about how you dealt with your circumstance um, is shows this level of maturity that's really sort of far beyond 20 years. I had a a very devastating event in my life at 18 years, not too much young, younger than that. And, and I spent a, a whole summer on my deck reading Pillars of the Earth to escape from the world. <laughs> so, oh. so, so I'm, I'm really impressed with the level of, um, of mature thinking and, um, and gravity that you brought to your situation. Do you think there's, anything in your upbringing or in your past that helped you get to that place where you could make a decision like that? Absolutely. And it really, well, there's two things. Number one, 
When I was eight years old, um, my my baby sister, who was a year and a half at that time, so I have two sisters. My my uh, sister Haley is a year and a half younger than me, and then my sister Amory is seven years younger than me. Um, well, when she was born at when I was seven, and a year and a half later, when I was eight years old, I woke up one morning, and at home it was me, my mom, and my sister Amory, and my sister Haley was away at my grandma's house, and my dad was at work, and I woke up to my mom screaming, and I ran across the hall, and Amory was dead in her arms. Oh, my God. And, you know, I mean, obviously, every parent's worst nightmare. And I saw my mom, of course, devastated. uh, But it was a matter of, I think it was four months, if I remember correctly, that she founded a support group for other parents that had lost children. And um, so I really learned from my parents how to take adversity and you, you turn it into an advantage, and specifically an advantage for others, how to serve people through you know, uh, overcoming our own challenges. So that's the first thing I can point to. Um, that, and I didn't realize. That's a, I just want to jump in because that's such a beautiful example. So a lot of what we talk about sometimes in this podcast and um, is is mindfulness and, and how yoga and mindfulness can help with parenting and, and that idea of uh, living what you want your kids to learn or modeling, you know, not just teaching and, and your mother's choice and what she how she handled those things. What an incredible lesson for you. I mean, that's just awesome. And it's subconscious because I literally didn't think that. I was like, mm-hmm. hmm. You know, I wasn't in the hospital going, well, my mom did this, so maybe I should do it. I mean, not at all. It wasn't until years later that I looked back and I'm like, that makes sense, you know? Um, now, now, much more directly that I, or a uh, much more direct result, when I was in my, uh, my Cutco sales training, we learned something called the five-minute rule, right? And I mentioned this earlier, yeah. but it's, it, get up and off more than five minutes. And so I literally, for a year and a half, I had this habit where, you know, we were taught that when, you know, if, if, if somebody, by the way, this, this rule was for much milder adversity, like a canceled order or a rude customer, you know, not hitting a goal, not for, you know, I mean, being told you're never going to walk in is a little bit, wasn't the five minute rule wasn't designed <laughs> for that to my knowledge. But, but, but the principle is the same. It's universal. And it's so sound is that whenever something would go wrong, the rule states it's okay to be negative, you know, for some, sometimes, but not for more than five minutes. And so you'd set your timer on your phone for five minutes, and you'd get five minutes to bitch, moan, complain, cry, feel sorry for yourself, whatever you wanted. And after when the timer went off, you said three magic words, can't change it. And those words kind of remind you that if we can't change something, then any negative emotion from that experience is self-created by our resistance, our wishing we could change it. Once you accept it, there's no pain. You're at peace. And so uh, I told my dad, the doctors thought I was in denial because I was so happy. They actually called my dad and my mom in and they said, hey, we're concerned with that. This was like two weeks after the crash. It was a week before I took my first step. I still didn't know if I'd ever walk again. And they called my parents and they said, Hal's always smiling and laughing and joking. That's not normal. You know, like <laughs> we got to like we, he's he's obviously delusional. We need you to find out how he's really feeling. You know, talk to him. And when my dad came in and goes, the doctor said, Hal, you should be sad and scared and angry. And how are you really feeling? You know, I mean, are those those feelings must be there underneath the surface. And I said, Dad, remember, I live my life by the five minute rule. It's been two weeks since the accident. I'm way past my five minutes. Huh. Right. And that really is the lesson and that mindset, having conditioned it for a year and a half, that really did lead to uh, me being able to, you know, accept it very quickly. 
Well, it's interesting. You know, the five minute rule, it seems like it's interesting this, this rule coming from your Cutco sales training, which is funny because I had a friend who did Cutco <laughs> too. Yeah. Um, but, um, but what I like about it, I mean, on the surface, it kind of sounds like a little like tough lovey, but what I like about it is it's actually saying like, give yourself permission like this five minutes like give yourself actually take this time to give yourself permission to feel those feelings which is actually a message that in our culture we never get ever yeah you know it's never feel the feelings it's like avoid them distract from them have a beer think of something else but but there's there's something to that five minutes you know because you're really it's like take time to to actually go in and and feel what the the, how shitty this is whatever it is (laughs) yeah yeah, well, that's cool. So, so, um, so, wow. So, so, I guess you recovered. You walked again. You're, you know, you look pretty healthy. You've got a titanium eye, I guess, but you're looking pretty good uh, for a titanium eye. <laughs> yeah, the, the plastic surgeon did a great job with my eye and my ear. My ear was almost completely severed. It was hanging on by about a half of an inch, oh, and God. you can barely tell. And same with my eye. Um, now I've got major scarring on my arm and my side and my leg. And, you know, um, I'm like, why couldn't you guys do a little work there? But, you know, Uh-oh. it's, uh, it's battle, battle scars. But, uh, so, so yeah, so, so the accident happened and, uh, I, you know, I, I rebounded from it. Um, I, uh, I got back to, in fact, I rebounded from it very quickly. I got out of the hospital after seven weeks and against doctor's orders, um, like I, I mean, I was still barely walking. I had to use a, a cane. I took my first step three weeks after the crash. And um, I was using a cane to walk and this and that. And, but, but I found out there was a, a Cutco sales contest when I got out of the hospital. And uh, it had already started. And there were four days left in this two-week sales contest. And I convinced my dad because I couldn't drive. I, didn't have my, like, I had brain damage. I had no short-term memory. Literally, you and I could talk like five minutes from now. I wouldn't have remembered that we had this conversation. Like, I had no short-term memory. And, um, and, and I couldn't drive and, uh, I, my left hand because of the a severed nerve, it didn't work at all. It just, it just hung off my wrist, but I begged my dad to drive me to appointments because I wanted to compete. And, uh, I took fourth place out of 500 sales reps in just the last four days of this contest. Um, and they had been working for 14 days. So I got back to work very quickly and, uh, and then, and then kind of, you know, went on from there and to, to fast forward, uh, about eight years, nine years later, um, 2008, I had hit Hall of Fame with the company. I had, and my dream was I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Like I wanted to write a book. I wrote my first book, Taking Life Head On, which is about the head on collision and kind of, you know, the lessons and in depth, all the lessons that I learned about managing adversity and uh, loving the life you have and creating the life of your dreams, even when it's tough. And uh, so that book had come out. I, I had, my my dream of being a professional speaker had had come true. I was speaking, you know, around the country, and uh, I launched a coaching business. I, I started doing sales coaching, life coaching, success coaching, etc. And I was earning just under six figures and kind of growing it. So it was like I had just bought my first brand new house. I'd bought my dream car. So I'm kind of painting a picture of like when 2008 started. Life was like the best it had ever been, right? Like I was living the life of my dreams, literally. And it felt like it happened very quickly. The, the economy started to crash and the rug kind of felt like it was swept out from underneath me. But I lost over half of my coaching clients because they couldn't afford to pay me because the economy affecting them. I lost uh, my over half my income. I couldn't pay my mortgage. I lost my house to the bank. Uh, I went from being a Dave Ramsey student who was debt free, like paid the credit cards off every month to accumulating $53,000 credit card balance in six months that was just growing every month. Yowch. And I canceled my gym membership and I stopped exercising completely. So literally, 
uh, at that time, after the six-month downward spiral, physically, mentally, emotionally, and financially, I was at the lowest point in my life. I became deeply depressed because I tried the five-minute rule, which I, I just, at that time, I didn't know how to, I applied it, but I didn't know how to apply where I would go, okay, can't change it. I'm, it, I'm going to make it better from here. And then I'd lose another client the next day. I'd go, okay, five minutes can't change it. And then it just, it kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Like I thought I was at rock bottom and then it got lower and lower and lower. And I didn't know how to manage that adversity. And so, uh, six months go by and I'm depressed. And my, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. So we were, we were only dating for about six months at that time. She, uh, she basically says, Hal, you, you need to get help. You know, she says, I, I hate seeing you like this. And, and the thing is because I was a success coach, Hunter, as you might imagine, I didn't tell anyone. Like, mm-hmm. I was embarrassed. I'm like, I'm a success coach and I'm failing miserably. Like, it was a total identity crisis. Mm-hmm. I think that lent to the depression. But um, to keep a long story short, I called, uh, my, my wife said, why don't you call your friend John? He's a brilliant business guy. You know, get his advice on how to turn this thing around and make make money again. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I called John. He, I was expecting business advice. He says, Hal, two things you need to do. Every day, go for a run in the morning get some oxygen and blood to your brain, right? Exercise in the morning. And he said, and then engage in personal development. Listen to a self-help audio on, you know, growing your business, getting more clients, whatever, while you're on that run. So you're going to put yourself in a peak physical, mental, and emotional state every morning, and you're going to learn something new you can apply to your business. He goes, that's the, that's how you will be able to turn it around. And I wasn't very optimistic at that point. Partly I was depressed. I wasn't thinking clearly, but I thought... I wanted you to, like, it was kind of the whole give a man a fish versus teach a man to fish, right? He was teaching me to fish. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I just want you to give me a fish. Like, give me step <laughs> one, two, and three that will make me money tomorrow, you know? And so I went on a run the next day, and I resisted it. I hated it. I was like, I don't want to go for this run. And two minutes into the run, I heard a quote that be, that changed my entire life. And the quote is from Jim Rohn. And you might have heard this quote before, but it's the way that I applied it that morning. It was, uh, Jim Rohn said, your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development because success is something you attract by the person you become. Hmm. And in that moment, I realized I'm not dedicating time every day to my personal development. Therefore, I am not becoming the person that I need to be to create the success I want in my life. And I had an epiphany. I thought, what if I go home and I spend an hour online and I, I, I search what do the world's most successful people do every day for personal development? And I figure out what the, the, the most common, most effective practice is, and I do that every day. I thought that could be the one thing that changes everything, where I become the person that I need to be that can achieve the success I want. And I go home, I spend an hour online, and I was overwhelmed with, I basically, I narrowed it down to a list of six of the best personal development practices in the world. But I couldn't figure out what the quote unquote best one was because it depended on who you ask. One millionaire said it was affirmations. You know, the billionaire Ray Dalio said that the number one key to his fi- Ray, yeah, Dalio, he said the number one key to his financial success was meditation. So I'm going through <laughs> these six practices and none of them stands above the other. And that's when it hit me. What if I did all six? No one that I've read about does more than two, maybe three at the most. What if I did all six? That would be the ultimate personal development ritual. I woke up the next morning, I did all six, and that was the morning my entire life changed because even though my outer world was still a mess, right? My bank account's negative, I'm 50 grand in credit card debt, the house is you know, being taken away next month, on and on. I felt internally, mentally, emotionally, I felt like 
I can do anything. And after to wrap this story up, it was less than two months. I more than doubled my income. I went from being in the worst shape of my life physically to, to, to taking this morning ritual and saying, what can I apply this to to take my physical fitness to a level 10? And I thought, I'm going to run an ultra marathon. I've never run more than a mile in my life. I'm going to commit to run 52 miles in one day to raise money for charity, and that will force me to train for it. And so, oh, my God. Uh, that's so insane. <laughs> I know. 52 yeah. miles. Oy vey. Part of it is, is how naive I was thinking that because at first I was into a marathon. I'm like, everybody does a marathon. Like, that's not that's not a big challenge. And then I literally was like, if I could run 26 miles going from never running more than one, what's what's 52? Like, like I, that's literally was my thought. I'm like, if I can do 26, I can do 52. It, they, both felt just as crazy to me going from never being a runner. So anyway, so if I if I knew if I knew at mile twenty six, what right like if I knew then what I knew at mile twenty six that wait a minute I'm only halfway done this is the worst thing I've ever tried to do, <laughs> so worst day of my life by the way never and, and people go what are you doing now like you know are you a runner I'm like no that was like a bucket list check it off never again I burnt my running shoes, um and then last but not least my depression went away the very first morning and it wasn't called the miracle morning it wasn't going to be a book but because after two months my life changed so fast i started calling it my miracle morning i taught it to my coaching clients they got the same results most of them said hal i don't know i've never been a morning person i said look i'm your coach try it they tried it and you know and the rest is history and now it's we just had our over a thousand reviews on amazon 900 of them being five star reviews i mean I, i'm blown away by how many people the miracle morning is impacting and it's worldwide it's like i get emails from people from like japan and india and like sweden and i have a coaching client now in netherlands and australia and they're all you know from discovering the miracle morning i mean it's it's, it's pretty wild are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs> well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Wow, that's so funny, Hal. I mean, yeah, I mean, when, so I, I heard you on a podcast and you're talking about the miracle morning. And for me, it completely resonated right away because, um, running was when I hit a really, really crappy place in my life when I was 15, very young. I, that's when I started running and running kind of brought me back to, um, into my body and, uh, and feeling like I was a healthy person. I could get things done. And then I discovered yoga and mindfulness just a couple of years later. And that's what I teach now. I, with my clients as I, uh, you know, it was, I was so much resonance because I was like, Oh, this is exactly what I'm asking my clients to do is wake up in the morning, do some yoga, do some meditation and, and just fit this at least a little bit of this in a day. And it can really start to shift things. So, um, so, so you've seen a lot of those same shifts too. And, and well, hold on. The one thing I wanted to share with you that was cool is that, um, reading your reading the miracle morning you know i teach doing a morning practice and i had been doing it for a long time and i teach um i teach doing at least you know at least a little bit of yoga and at least a little bit of meditation because i work with pe- women really busy moms whose whose kids like wake up really early you know so it has to be yeah. really small um but then for myself, like I was waking up a lot earlier than my kids and, and reading your book helped me jump back into like a, a more vigorous um, practice after my meditation in the morning. And and so I want to thank you for that because that was a really nice gift. And, and now I've been doing, again, some running in the morning. But um, but anyway, that's my my own um, connection to to the Miracle Morning. And, and you found... So tell us, tell us about all the, tell us what the 10 things are that you recommend in the Miracle Morning, or is yeah. it six, right? I six, can't remember. Six. Yeah, six. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, whoa, whoa, that's the Miracle Morning <laughs> 2.0. We haven't written that book yet. That's, that's the new edition. But yeah. um, no, so the six practices, my initial response when I, when I came across them was I was almost discouraged in that, you know, our, our culture is we want new, never heard of it before, cutting edge, right? Like, I mean, that's why the new weight loss, it's always the new weight loss fad, right? It's, it's if I've never heard of it, that might be the thing that could work. Yeah. And if we've heard of it, you go, nah, I tried that or I did that or even just, I know that it's been around so long, like, you know, um, and so for me, these six practices, none of them are new. In fact, I'll, I'll read them off. So it's, they're, they're actually, well, here's the acronym. They're the savers, the li- more specifically the life savers and savers is the acronym. The first S is for silence, starting your day with meditation or prayer or a combination of the two. The A is for affirmations. Uh, And I will say this, by the way, the way that I teach affirmations, in fact, the way I teach everything in the Miracle Morning, it's very results oriented. Um, Most gurus, affirmations are the best example I think I can give of people can relate. They, the way they've been taught for decades are not optimally effective for most people. In fact, that's the area for me. Most people say, how the affirmations, I had tried them in the past, didn't work, miracle morning affirmations, total game changer. And here's the difference. Affirmations, the way they've been taught, usually it's one of two ways. Um, either kind of lying to yourself, right? If you like, It's been taught, if you want to become something, just already say you're, you're already that thing or and then say it over and over and over until you trick yeah. yourself into believing it, right? Yeah, yeah. The cognitive dissonance of that just doesn't work for people. Exactly. Like you go, I am a millionaire. I am a millionaire, <laughs> right? But if you're an intelligent human being, which I mean, right, we're all intelligent, you go, you go BS. Like your subconscious calls bullshit every single time you say it. So the truth will always prevail. So that's the first way that affirmations have taught that aren't 
effective. The second way is with passive language. I'll, I'll give you an example of a very popular uh, money affirmation, at least a, a version of it. It's uh, money flows to me effortlessly and in abundance. Like, hmm. no, it doesn't. That's <laughs> not how money works. You have to actually add value to your employer, to the marketplace, and then you get compensated for that, right? It's not sitting on your couch saying the affirmation that gets you rich, right? The people that are broke that do that. So the way that I teach affirmations in the book are very results-oriented. They're aligned around your goals. What do you want? Why do you want it? Remind yourself every day, what are the benefits? What? Are, why are you working towards this? Why do you need to stay committed to this goal? What's not just beyond just the goal, what are the benefits? Why are you doing it? And then most importantly, what must you do? What are you committed to doing to ensure that you achieve it, right? So you've broken it down from not just what you want and why you want it, but you know specifically which actions you have to take. And then you go even further, when do you need to take those actions and for what duration? So affirmations, the way that I teach you in the Miracle Morning book, and I, you know, I teach these step by step by step, but they are designed not to make you, not to trick you, not to make you feel good by sitting there and smiling going, wow, money's flowing to me, right? Because that's what you're like literally trying, you're tricking, you're making yourself feel good for that moment, but you're, you're not getting results. And the affirmations are designed to actually get you to do the things that you need to do to achieve the things you want to achieve in every single area of your life. So I want to use that as one example of how all of the savers, all of these six practices in the book are taught very differently, uh, or I won't say all of them, but most of them taught differently, very results oriented than a lot of the metaphysical kind of teachers teach them. Um, and by the way, I don't there for me, it's, it's a combination of both. I believe in the law of attraction, but only when it's supported with the law of action. Right. So, so just, just to be clear on that, like, I do believe that, that, you know, I believe you can attract circumstances and people and inner like energy attracts like energy, but it's not by sitting there doing nothing. You know, I made a vision board and I, then I sat around waiting for everything on the vision board to come true. Right. It just doesn't mm -hmm. work that way. So, All right. So I'm biting my fingers waiting for you to get to the yoga part. <laughs> okay. All right. So the, the, the V is for, you're like, there's no Y in savers. So the V is for visualization. And without going into any detail, the same principle applies with affirmations. Visualization has also been taught in this kind of passive way. I teach you how to align it with the actions you need to take every day. Visualize not just some pie in the sky dream. Visualize yourself lacing up your running shoes that morning with a smile on your face, heading out the front door feeling good, especially if you hate running right? Use visualization to get yourself into action. The E is for exercise, right? My favorite form of exercise, as I talked about in the book, is yoga. Um, and it can be as little, the whole savers can be in, done in as little as six minutes total. There's a whole chapter dedicated on how to do the miracle morning in as little as six minutes and still get 70 to 80% of the benefit as if you had done it in a full hour. Most people do 30 to 60 minutes, though, for all these practices combined. The E is for exercise. The R is for reading. And obviously not like Harry Potter or Fifty Shades of Grey, but reading like you know, self-help books. And then the final S is for scribing. And scribing is essentially that magic that happens when you put pen to paper. It's you know writing, journaling, etc. And my favorite journal, by the way, uh, is, is called Five Minute Journal. And you can get it as an app on your phone. Or if you go to 5, F-I-V-E, 5minutejournal.com, you can actually buy the hardcover version. But uh, I gave, I actually got 200 copies of the 5-Minute Journal um, for my attendees at my event last year. And the response, I mean, everybody loves it as much as I do. So, so those six practices, to kind of end cap them, 
you can find the world's most successful people in any industry that swear by any one of those. And what made the Miracle Morning so special, I guess, so different is that all six were combined. In fact, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, interviewed me on his radio show a few weeks ago, and he said the Miracle Morning has changed his life. He said he's read the book three times, which I am still blown away by. But what he said specifically is he said, Hal, until the Miracle Morning, he said... Um, you know, I've been, he had been in the personal development space for 30 years. He said all successful people do at least one of the savers, but he said he had never, ever seen all of them put into one ritual that could be done at the same time every day. And he said, it's now part of his daily life. He does it every single day. Well, that's so cool. I mean, it's wonderful how many people you've reached with all of these things and to, to share these practices with so many people is, and to help so many people is incredible. So, so I love that. And I, and I really enjoyed the Miracle Morning and it, it's really helped me boost my, my morning routine as well. Um, but I want to, I want to get back into the yoga. Like, how did you, so what yoga did you do and how did you discover yoga for your Miracle Morning? Yeah, that's a great, and I'm trying to remember back. It's been so long. It's been how many years? Like seven years, six years? Um, the, uh, what did I do for yoga? I, you know, I, I got Rodney Yee. Now, now I remember. Uh-huh. Rodney Yee. I remember. I don't remember how. I don't remember how he discovered it, but I remember my favorite yoga DVD for a long time was a Rodney Yee like power yoga DVD, um, and uh, and that's what I would do every day. Uh, and then I discovered a a, a woman named Dashima. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Dashima. No, no, no. So it's D A S H A M A, and it was a friend of mine that said this yoga instructor. She's amazing, and he went to her retreat, and then that's how he introduced me to her. And I was sort of watching, kind of watching her videos, and just kind of liked her energy. Um, and then since then, I've done, uh, you know, I, I kind of just developed my own yoga. I did yoga in a studio for a while, and I prefer doing stuff at home just for efficiency. I don't like to have to drive to the gym. You know, the the time to drive there, drive back, get dressed, uh, can be spent doing something. You know, I work from home. But, uh, but for me, I do most of my yoga now is just, is, is, um, uh, it's, it's just based on what I know, you know, the poses I know. So I just kind of run through a little five minute routine in the morning. It, that's, uh, I totally, I completely relate to that. And, and it, it does take so long to get to studio. It's nice to, to do that at home. And I, I, I teach that as well. So I totally appreciate that. Um, and before we wrap up, Hallett, um, I just I pulled out a quote that you said and I and I really liked it and I just want to get your reaction to this. Um, so you've said, um, "Give up being perfect for being authentic. Be who you are. Love who you are. Others will too." So I wanted to know how 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 do you practice self love and how do you coach others to do it? That's a great question. How do I practice self love? Um, I do it through my affirmations. Honestly, mm-hmm. I mean that that's the biggest part. Um, for me. Of the Miracle Morning, sometimes I get asked, you know, do you have like a favorite saver? Like, you know, do you have one of those that you like the best? And and it, it without hesitation, it's affirmations. And affirmations for me uh, have they're the most practical uh, part of the the Miracle Morning because I literally get to program my my mindset, my you know beliefs, my my focus, my behaviors, my actual physical, you know, what I actually do. I'm able to design that to be what I want it to be. So for me, my affirmations. Uh, help me practice that self-love. And, um, you know, I'll give you an example. One of my affirmations is uh, I am just as worthy, deserving, and capable of achieving everything I want in life. And I will prove that today with my actions. That's right? awesome. So it's, I love it's that. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I mean, because I have I do I have just as much self doubt as anybody, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a new book that the Miracle Morning for Salespeople comes out tomorrow, and when I released it, like I, I we we did a launch team where we had a hundred people that you know that helped promote it, and they they got a copy in advance to read it and then leave a review on Amazon. And I was, you know, so insecure, like, is this book good enough? Did I do a good enough job? I could have, you know, we're perfectionists. It could always be better or different. You know what I mean? And so um, what ended up happening was uh, I released it and people loved it. You know, so, I mean, for me, I, my affirmations are I'm constantly overcoming self-doubt and overcoming insecurity and overcoming lack of, you know, feeling of self-worth and all like, who am I to be? You know, like that Marianne Williamson quote, who am I to be successful and special and all these things? Like I deal with that every day. So affirmations for me probably are the most effective thing that every day it reminds me, oh, yeah, I'm just as worthy. Oh, yeah, I'm, I, I love myself. I'm special. I'm this, I'm that. And one last thing I'll share is a great resource. There's a great book called Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends on It. And um, I, uh, you know, it's a really short read. It's got like 2,000 reviews on Amazon. I mean, it's really popular. But uh, but for your listeners, if you're, if that's an area you really want to improve, you know I recommend that that, that book as well. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Thanks, Hal. Um, yeah, for affirmations for for me were part like coming from mindfulness traditions. It seemed like my my sort of reaction to it was like, oh, it's kind of hokey, you know. But yeah, now totally. I look at it as like this is a mindfulness training. You know, it's training our minds to to look in appreciation at the world and also at ourselves. So um, I I really appreciate you sharing one that you use every day. That's really nice. Um, Absolutely. So awesome. Well, Hal, I, I really appreciate you coming on Yoga Stories Project. You're you're kind of an unusual guest for us, and I, I really appreciate <laughs> you sharing your story. And um and if, if people want to find um find out more about you, where where can they go? Yeah, my website, halelrod.com. Um I encourage everyone though, I always, you know, say the Miracle Morning is the greatest contribution I've ever made to society. I mean, it really is. And there's nothing I've ever, you know, produced or or nothing I've ever done that has has made such a profound impact in people's lives at all levels from Robert Kiyosaki multimillionaire to I think the majority of people are somewhere you know from they're they're basically you know just wanting to get to the next level in their health or their success their finances whatever and that's really what I designed the miracle morning to do because it helped me to go from you know struggling to being successful and that's really why I shared it and so that you can get the miracle morning on you know Amazon whether it's Kindle or audiobook or paperback um, iBooks that sort of thing and uh, if anybody is listening by the way and they're struggling financially you know I've been there before uh, and you're going I'd love to get the miracle morning I just I literally can't spend an extra 15 bucks right now um, you can get it you can start for free if you go to miraclemorning.com. Uh, that that's where you can get the first couple chapters of the book for free. You'll get a 17-minute training video for free and a 60-minute training audio for free. And then I always say, you can start your Miracle Morning, apply your Miracle Morning, apply it to increasing your income. And then when money comes in, then you could you know buy the full book if you want. Um, and, uh, and then the last thing that I'll share is an invitation. If anybody wants to join the Miracle Morning community on Facebook, the Miracle Morning community has become, and I don't know if you can speak to this, but um, it's become the most inspired, engaged online community that I have ever seen with over 16,000 members from all over the world. And even if you don't have the book yet, I encourage you to come join the Miracle Morning community on Facebook and just plug into this group that, I mean, you, you'll be blown away when you start to see the posts and the comments on people's posts and how people are really supporting each other. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I second that. I encourage you to go get Hal's book. It'll, it'll help you bring that, that mindfulness and that energy and, and your yoga practice right into your morning. So, um, so do it. <laughs> um, so awesome, Hal. Thank you, Hunter. I really appreciate it. And everybody that tuned in, thanks so much for your time. I hope you got some value today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hal's story is truly remarkable, isn't it? Oh my gosh. It really shows you the power of small steps that can transform your life, right? It's really, really powerful. The power of mindfulness, the power of yoga, the power of, you know, what are you doing in your everyday? What are you doing in your everyday life? So, um, I hope that you will be joining us for the Unmartyr Yourself Challenge. We're going to start the day after Mother's Day, May 14th through 18th. And uh, you can find that at mindfulmamamentor.com slash events, and you'll see the Unmartyr Yourself Challenge. And I hope you'll join us. We're going to learn how to banish mommy guilt so that you can also create your own habits, your inspiration, really get those mindset shifts that you need uh, so that you can really um, enjoy this experience of motherhood, right? Like that's what we're wanting. We, we got into this whole thing so we could enjoy it. So let's, let's make these shifts we need to, to enjoy that. And let's get the support we need to, to do that. Cause our culture does not support us in unmartyring ourselves, but, but we will over here. <laughs> So I hope you'll be with us. MindfulMamaMentor.com slash events. Check out the Unmortar Yourself Challenge. It's going to be lots of fun. And then after that, the group coaching is opening. So uh, we are going to have an evening group now on Tuesdays and a and an afternoon group. So working mamas, this is your moment. Let's do it. Let's get together. So you can, that's also under MindfulMamaMentor.com slash events the mindful mama transformation coaching if you want to just dive in with our free awesome challenge week you know where to go now i think that's it so i am wishing you a beautiful week i am going to get going on with this day take care of this jet lag wake myself up and i will talk to you soon thank you so much for time for investing it in this in this podcast and with me I feel really honored uh, to, to share this time with you and I really hope that this has inspired you and will elevate your life to the next level all right have a great great week my friend namaste no one told us the truth about parenthood Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. 